Hi, everybody. So I'm really excited. We are here to do a new podcast that we're trying out for the first time. And we are going to be doing a, a pitch session, kind of like what you might see on Shark Tank or something like that, where we have ideas for, for new animated films. And we're going to uh, do four rounds where we uh, pitch these ideas. And uh, so we will try to decide what are the best ideas that we have. And uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm joined by my friends Josh and Mark. And you guys want to uh, introduce yourself, starting with Josh? Hi, I'm Josh from thelovepirate.net. Uh, right about, I'm not an animation person like these two as much. I love animation, but they've got me beat on expertise. But I write about all kinds of movies and TV shows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Mark? Hi, everyone. I'm Ibrahim, a.k.a. Mark Brown. You probably know me from my blogs, the Animation Commendation, and my live-action Disney project. I'm a big animation fan since I've been you know, a little kid, and I've met so many people in the animation fandom through my blogs, and I'm hoping to have fun on this uh, podcast. Yeah, this can be really fun. So uh, this is our first, uh, first attempt to try to do this, so uh, please excuse us if there's some sort of kinks along the way. And... Uh, so I have the chat room open, so if you want to add in your thoughts about these pitches and which one you would pick and which one you like, then please do. And it looks like we already have somebody in the chat room, so that's awesome. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have four rounds of pitches. And each person is going to present whatever they feel is relevant to sort of selling their story, whether it's the studio that would make it, the style, the director, whatever you think would make this make this an, an appealing idea. Then what we're gonna do is we're gonna vote on which out of the three that we like the most, and you can't vote for yourself. So uh, we will have four rounds and a winner kind of out of each round. So, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, so we'll go on from there. But, uh, so I will start. And my first pitch is for the actually for the Disney Toons studio and it is a Star Wars Rebels Ahsoka animated film <laughs> Star Wars Rebels is a very popular television show it does very well well for Disney XD and uh, of course Star Wars anything Star Wars is money in the bag uh, and Ahsoka is a very popular character who has appeared on two of the shows both Disney uh, Clone Wars, I mean, both Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels. And uh, so she has a following. People really like her. When the the Ahsoka Pop, Funko Pop came out, it, was, it did very well. It sold very well. And I think that Star Wars and Disney really wants strong female characters. And this is a very strong female character who has a relationship with, with Darth Vader, with Anakin, uh, that she actually trained with him. And she uh, is somebody that uh, is a complex character. She's somebody who's not just a Mary Sue, whatever. Uh, she has, uh, she struggles uh, with her allegiances and, and where she's at. And so she's somebody I think it could be really interesting to both adults and to, and to children. Because it's from a Disney XD property, it would appeal to children and to adults. And because it's Star Wars, it would appeal to both. And we already have this mysterious spot in the timeline for a Disney Toons animated film that we don't know what it is. So perfect, we can just put in Star Wars right there. 
And the, the director of Star Wars Rebels, Dave Filoni, he could easily produce and, and direct uh, his first uh, Star Wars film. It would be an animated film, which would be right in his wheelhouse. And uh, so uh, I think it would just have everything to be in a completely successful animated film. I like it. So that's my pitch. So do you want to go next, Josh? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll, along the same lines, mine will be a Disney tune also. Uh, ah. But instead of Star Wars, it's Indiana Jones. Uh. So we know that I love Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I know most people don't. Um, and we know that there's an Indiana Jones 5 in production or in pre-production or <laughs> script planning or whatever. whatever yeah. But Harrison Ford is going to continue to get older. And you can't continue to film live action movies without moving them further in time to compensate for his age. He's not going to be 80 years old and set in the 1940s anymore. But with animation, he could still do the voice, but you could set it back in the 40s. He could be fighting the Nazis again, the time period everybody likes. You could even bring back uh, John Rhys Davies, who does Sala, uh, and some of the older voice actors, but set in the younger time period. And if they want to keep doing live action movies, you could alternate. You could do a live action movie with an older Harrison Ford, and then he could do a voice for a younger uh, Indiana Jones in an animated film. And that would allow, it'd be really cool for me from the live action standpoint to look at how does a hero age and how does he, you know, when he's not as capable as he was before, what kind of adventures could he go on? That would be allow the live action films to be more experimental but to give the sort of rip-roaring adventures that everyone likes from the older Indiana Jones in animation. Okay. I don't know I, if I, you saw, sorry, so I don't know ahead. if you saw this or not, but they made a, uh, this guy made a, a, an animated Indiana Jones short the other day. <laughs> yep. I saw, like I saw that. And that's kind of, film. yeah, it looks like uh, that it's kind of in the style of like the opening credits of an animated TV show. I thought that that style was great but I wouldn't want to see Indiana Jones on TV because you never get Harrison Ford to do the voice. Mm. But on, for a big screen picture, I, I think that'd be cool. So you would want this to continue on the canon? You wouldn't yes. want it to be a like a story of him young. You would want it to continue on the story at the age of the end of five. No, I'd like them to continue his story with five and beyond in live action. But then these would be sort of midquels. You could set them anywhere in the timeline you wanted. Mm. Um, so it, it would you could because like Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark, That's so you, true. but you could set it anywhere in those timeline of the original three fighting Nazis, going after whatever. Um, but with with more of the you know the actual actors just doing voices and it's easier and a lot cheaper. Would you than, do it like two D or CG oh, two, or you got to do two D. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think CG, you'd be able to capture this the look well enough to crank these out at the rate that Disney probably would want to. Mm. So I, I'd like to see them almost exactly in the style of like Mark brought up that uh, hand-drawn animated short that the guy released a couple months ago. Oh man, that would be so fun. I'd, I'd, I'd totally see that. So I uh, could get Sean Connery <laughs> out of retirement to do the voice of Andy Oh Jones my Senior. gosh. I would totally see that. <laughs> I, like the, I like the idea too because I think Harrison Ford is one of those celebrities who hasn't done any sort of voice acting at all yet. Exactly. 
Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why he hasn't done any. Probably know. nobody's offered him. In the... <laughs> I thought they would get into the Lego movie when they had that oh. scene with um, uh, him and uh, what's his name, Lando. But mm-hmm. they got someone, someone else to play him. Yeah. Oh. He'd be a pretty easy voice to imitate, I think, if they had to. Well, and that could also, at some point, he's going to be too old to want to keep doing it. And it makes the transition easier if you're an animated series at that point. For just bringing in a different voice actor. Rather than doing a reboot with Chris Pratt or something. And it's, it's too <laughs> jarring for people. Mm-hmm. Or Sheila cool. or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, um, Mark, well, what's your idea? Oh, my turn now, okay. I, that's, I don't think I went too far in depth as you guys, but let's see how this goes. Hey. So my, my number one pitch right now is something not for Disney Toon Studios, but for the canon itself, the Disney Walt Disney Features Animation Studio itself. And what I want, what I've wanted for a long time is a, a musical full-length animated adaptation of Moby Dick. I think Moby oh, Dick is one, yeah. of, one of those uh, literary masterpieces that hasn't, it's been portrayed in film a couple of times, but I don't think any one of the adaptations has ever cemented itself as an, uh, an uh, everlasting classic, except for like the Gregory Peck version. But even that, you could argue, isn't as famous like, as like some other classics. Hmm. So I think if we do this version, we can get younger kids and a uh, new a new generation into uh, involved in, in into Moby Dick and Herman Melville's work. And one thing in particular that I want that I imagine this musical is a hellfire type song sequence that Captain Ahab would sing. I imagine it on an, on a dark a dark night and Ahab is sitting is standing on the deck looking out into the sea and he's like starting to sing a song about his hatred for the whale for Moby Dick. And it starts out very slow and the water's calm. And then as he gets more enraged and more his, his fury comes out and the waves start getting bigger and bigger and the ship goes side to side and he doesn't even notice all this. He's just still singing with his vengeance. And then it ends on like a crescendo and everything kind of flattens after that. So, do you have an idea of who you would want uh, to do the music? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, Alan Menken, I'd like to get him back. I don't know about lyricists though. Yeah. So yeah that, that's my that's my oh, <laughs> that would be that would be amazing that i mean with how real that. they can do water now i mean that could be yeah, yeah really cool yeah especially yeah like you said with the water scenes and all that that the technology we have now compared to like back in the 60s or 70s or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i could see i could really see that i i i'm not even thought of that. That's a really good idea. I, I did like, we did have a funny comment. Matthew Ironhall in the chat room says, please tell me the whale sings. <laughs> hey, if you want the whale to sing, again, we, we, we have a cameo from the whale uh, the whale who sang in the Met. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wally, Wally the whale, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Willie or whatever. Yeah, Willie. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Do you have an idea of who you'd want to be uh, Captain Ahab? A voice. I, I was thinking about that myself. I don't know. I mean, if Gregory Peck were alive, I'd like him to do it. But I know he alive, so I don't Patrick know. Patrick Stewart made a good uh, Ahab in a TV version. Oh, yeah, oh I really? That one, yeah. I wonder who who is Gregory Peckish. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's Gregory Peck. Of we don't nowadays. have Gregory Pecks anymore. <laughs> no. Sadly, you know. Um, I feel it would have. I feel. I feel the best choice would be like a a seasoned voice actor who'd put on a voice similar. To Jim mm. Yeah. 
but I mean, it'll be. I guess it'll be hard to sell the movie on that. But well, but you can get. I mean, because Ahab's not the protagonist. Ishmael's the protagonist. So you get somebody more famous to play oh, yeah. Ishmael. I, I'm thinking Christian Bale for Ishmael. <laughs> there you go. Hey, oh. Somebody, Ishmael and Queequeg. Or, yeah. I mean, Tom Hardy might not actually be a bad choice. Ooh, for, for Ahab. Yeah. For Ahab. Can he sing? I, I don't know. Isn't Ahab a little bit older though? Like he's supposed to be in his like fifties. Oh, but it's yeah. voice acting. Well, oh yeah, true. <laughs> he was in a movie this year called uh, it's called the London Road or London something, where he sings for just very brief. It's it's a very unusual film uh, about it, it's about this um crime spree in London, uh, and uh, it's it's all done. It's a mu- complete musical, like every line is sung. It's very unusual, and it actually they take like. The, they take the uh, the track or the recordings or whatever from these police interviews, and they make like the, the actual what they actually said, and they turn it into a musical. So it's it's, it's a very uh, kind of cool, different uh, experimental film. But anyway, he is in that for just a second. He plays like a, a taxi a cab driver, and he sings. And I gotta look that up. That sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 an, it's an interesting film. Um, but uh, Matthew says Tom Hardy might need subtitles, though, with most of his recent performances. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you would necessarily actually really need uh, a a famous uh, for a famous voice for Disney because if you think sure. about, like, say Moana, most of the characters, the voices aren't that famous. Just yeah, you need, we need one big name. Yeah, just I one think. big man. So maybe yeah. Christian, Christian Bale for um, Ishmael. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just feel Ahab should have a big, should be pretty well known too. Yeah, probably. Christopher Plummer, he would be great. Oh, that would be great. Has Michael Caine played Ahab yet? Oh, no, I know he was in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, right? He was Nemo. Captain Nemo, I think. Oh, was oh okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't I seen think- him. I yeah, he was, could. Yeah, he he, he and um, Patrick Dempsey were in that movie. He could probably pull it off. He could. Just wouldn't want to get someone like Christopher Walken or somebody like that. That would be terrible. Oh. That would be terrible. <laughs> no. Oh man, these are good ideas. Yeah. I really like. Uh, so yeah. I, I was gonna do like. Did you guys have any questions about my idea? There... Yeah, I was, I was just gonna mention when you said it was an Ahsoka film. I thought I thought you meant. Uh, Soka film, as in related to the Soka music of Caribbean. <laughs> Not imagining this musical of Caribbean music, and then then you explain, oh no, that's the character. Yeah, it's the character. <laughs> well, I, I had a question. What time period would it be set in? Would it be set during Rebels? Uh, it's hard because then they would have to kind of. But it would actually make sense because at least in this season of Rebels, she's been gone for right. most of the season. So maybe maybe they could make it work i don't know um there's a lot we don't know about her i mean there's a new ahsoka novel so maybe that kind of fills in Mm -hmm. um that of her time in between when she left training with anakin and Mm -hmm. uh and became you know became a rebel like we don't know a ton i i guess my 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 hunch is to do it during that period yeah uh, when she was uh trying to kind of figure out what she what she wanted i think would be interesting well and it's interesting because the the clone wars movie uh that came out before the show had ahsoka in it 
but nobody really knew who she was. She wasn't this hugely popular character, and the movie was kind of a failure. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to revisit that now that she's this hugely, insanely popular character. That's true. That's true. I, I, I my one concern with both of your pitches, so maybe answer this: is how do you think that both would appeal to girls? Uh. <laughs> Josh should go first. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, Indy's always had these these female characters, but you can set you could you could bring Marion back and make her more of an equal partner. She's such a, a strong character in Raiders of the Lost Ark. She didn't get as good of a storyline in Crystal Skull, but she could always give him. You know, with, with setting it in any time period, uh, you could give him any sort of female partner and make it somebody a, a match for him. Rather than like a Kate Capshaw, uh, who's just sort of tagging along and screaming the whole time, give him give him a, a female version of Indiana Jones as a partner. Hannah Montana, Montana Jones, <laughs> Montana Jones. Hey, I, I kind of like that actually, Montana Jones. That's a good. That's good. It have to be Montana Smith or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they'd be brother and sister or something. Yeah, so you'd have her be an older, like a a, a love interest type character for Indy. Yeah, well, yeah. Somebody who can more than hold her own with Indy. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What about you? Uh, I guess for mine, I guess almost all the characters in Moby Dick are males, right? So maybe we could do something like the Jungle Book did change one of the characters. They changed Kai into a female for the live action Disney movie that came out this year and the planned Warner Brothers movie that's coming out in 2018. They do the same thing. So maybe we could do something like that. Maybe give me change Captain Ahab to be a woman. That might be interesting. <laughs> that would be but, interesting. Gender swap is uh, all the rage. I'm, I'm not a big fan of gen of gender swaps where they change all the characters, but like one or two, I think it could work. Yeah, I don't think. Hey, maybe we could change Ishmael. Ishmael, the male. Yeah. Change him to I don't. Girl. I don't think being male is intrinsic to the characters. I don't think yeah. anything would be lost by changing yeah. any one of them or more to female. Well, I guess the only thing about it that would be intrinsic is that. It'd be way less likely to have a female on the boat back then. Yeah. <laughs> hey, That's that bad luck, right? <laughs> <laughs> or hey, yeah, according yeah. to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, so, uh, did you guys have any other questions? Did you, maybe, you you like a, maybe Ishmael could have been a female who disguised as a male and went on, or something like that. Yeah. And Josh, what do you do? You have questions on either of our pitches? No, I think you're both you're good. Okay. Uh, all right. Hmm. This is tough. So we got to vote now, right? We can't vote yeah. ourselves. <laughs> uh, we do have our chat room is is voted for mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm the least knowledgeable about Star Wars and about us three. So. <laughs> uh, so, ooh, it's tough. It's always hard for me to vote against music. Anything with music. Well, I guess I'll go first if you, yeah, you go first. Your mind. I'll say I'll put my vote for Josh's idea of an mm. Indiana Jones. <laughs> when I when I saw what this guy did, I forget his name, but he's like a Dutch um, graphic yeah. artist, and he made this live action uh, animated. I think it's even full length, uh, independent like Indiana Jones movie. Two minutes, I think, but, is all it was. Okay, I don't know what it was, but I, I I was like I wanted to see that on the big screen. So Josh, bring that to life. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you, Josh? I think I think I'll vote for Mark. I love love Moby Dick. Uh, read it a bunch of times, and I think it would make great musical adaptation. 
And if if this was a DreamWorks picture, they'd probably put in some joke about the character Starbuck and then make some joke with Starbucks Cafe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, None of like, that. Since it is new, we're gonna <laughs> throw that out. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So. So you're the tiebreaker. It's hard for me to vote against a Disney musical based on Moby Dick with <laughs> with songs by Alan Menken. I mean, so I, I I'm gonna go with Moby Dick. Woo. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> At least I got one vote from the chat room. <laughs> so, so, so all these go straight to the Disney headquarters, right? And they get yeah. ideas. Yeah. They know what's we'll good for them. We'll submit it when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tweet it to John Laster right when we're finished. Um, <laughs> okay, it's public so, domain, so it's got to be cheap too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's true. Good point. Um, yeah, okay, so my 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 next pitch is. Uh, actually, for DreamWorks, I oh. think the DreamWorks needs to get off the comedy train. I don't like uh, very few of their comedies. I like, and I I like almost all of their dramas. <laughs> I like mm -hmm. Rise of the Guardians. I like uh, all the the Dragon movies. I like the Kung, well the Kung Fu Patterns movies. Well, they're kind of comedies, I guess. But I like uh, Prince of Egypt. I, yeah, I mean, I I like almost all their dramas that I've seen, and. So I think that's where their strength is. That's where they're, you know, the artists really get to express who they are, and and yet they keep pumping out these horrible comedies. And so I think there is a book called The True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle by a guy named Avi, and this is a Newbery Award-winning book. It's like 25 years old. It's been around forever. I don't know why it hasn't been made into a movie, and it's about this girl named Charlotte Doyle in like the 1800s or something like 1860s or something and she gets sent on this ship to get to go from britain to the u.s to be with her family and she's like this really sort of prissy girl and when she she finds out that she's actually on a pirate ship and hmm. so she has to kind of learn and she sort of becomes a pirate and i think i guess it's 1832 uh, is when is when it is actually and I think this has so many elements that would be very attractive as a as an idea you've got exciting maritime adventure you've got pirates like almost I think almost all of the pirates movies parts of Caribbean movies have made a billion dollars or close yeah. to and so clearly there is still an interest in pirates and people just like pirates and uh, you have a strong woman, a strong girl who grows and isn't just like she she has a character arc through the course of the story. And to the point when she comes back, her parents are like horrified. They're like, who is this this girl? Like, oh, my gosh. And there are some like you could make some funny moments. You, you wouldn't have to be all you know, it wouldn't have to be depressing or anything like that. Uh, but there are also going to be some really tense moments you know, when she's scared of the pirates and what they're going to do. And she actually kind of outsmarts them at a certain point. And there has to be kind of sort of a mutiny type thing. And uh, so, I don't know. I just think that it would be really entertaining. And I could just see them doing sort of a how I train, how train your dragon kind of a feel <laughs> to pirates. And yeah. so that's my idea. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of that book before, but. It's an entertaining it's a mid-grade, like it's, you know, it's for children, but it's, it's an entertaining little book. 
I'm looking it up now, and it said uh, they were planning to make a film adaptation of it directed by Danny DeVito, but it kind of was supposed to kind of got stopped and was supposed to start shooting in July 2014. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems right for a movie. I it's it's. I mean, it's really old. I think it was like written in like 91 or 90. I mean, it's really old uh, for for the kind of book you would just think it would have gotten picked up. So it's kind of yeah. strange, but anyway. Yeah, 1990, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a really good fit for DreamWorks, too. Right? Yay! Yeah. Yay. <laughs> DreamWorks has already done Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, so they already have some idea of ships and water and pirate-like characters to build True. from. True. Good point. So would, would, would this, I'm assuming this wouldn't be a musical, or it would just be a, just a comedy slash drama adventure? I wasn't thinking musical, because uh, I, I guess because I have another musical um, pitch, <laughs> but I, it could be, it could be musical very easily. I could picture, uh, there was a musical called The Pirate Queen, which wasn't, hmm. it wasn't that good. It was by the uh, Broadway musical, uh, but I saw like kernels in there that, that had potential, uh, and it was written by the same guys who did Late Miz, and so I, I think that there's there's potential to kind of do a story about a, a girl who becomes a pirate, basically. Yeah. You could do it that way, uh, yeah. but you could do it either way. And I think this would appeal to boys and girls because yeah. pirates. Yeah, and before you mentioned the pirates aspect, when you were describing the film, it reminded me a lot of that Long Way North movie that came out this year. Yeah, I did think of that when I was, when I was thinking of the pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> And she has uh, more, um, that's more of sort of an explorer kind of movie. But yeah, it's similar uh, in, in, in certain ways, especially a strong female character and her having to kind of stand up to these sailors and stuff like that. But, but uh, anyway, yeah, so she just starts out as kind of weak and, uh, and a wimp. And the more she kind of, the more she learns to kind of stand up for herself amongst all these pirates. <laughs> Nice, nice. So, all right. So, uh, so uh, what is uh, your pitch? Your second pitch, Josh? All right. My second pitch, I don't know if either of you are familiar with the TV show Firefly. I've heard of it. Yeah. Ron, Ron Glass was in it, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And then they made a, it was canceled after 13 episodes, and then they made a movie. Um, and everybody's been clamoring for more. So I, I would love to bring it back as an animated show on Fox because Fox originally aired the, the initial version. Um, but you bring back Joss Whedon as writer and showrunner, and you can bring back the cast who have now gone on to bigger and better things, especially Nathan Fillion did Castle for so many years. Um, but it would be, you know, it would be easier to work around people's, all these people's schedules. If it's an animated film, it's a lot cheaper to produce. It was this, big budget sci-fi Western TV show with big sets and on location shooting. And you can cut down on the cost a lot by getting rid of all that and doing it animated. Um, the issue is there are characters who die in the movie. Um, so you could, you could theoretically set it between the series and the movie, or you could do, you know, a couple seasons or a season before the movie and then the rest afterwards, maybe add some new cast members. Um, but you know, Fox already has The Simpsons and Family Guy and, and animated shows on their roster. This would be this would be a drama instead of a comedy. Hopefully, it will be an hour 
Would, I don't know. Do you have a full a... season, or would this just be a like a mini series type thing? I, I'd love for it to be, you know, maybe not not a full twenty two episode, but like you know, thirteen episode seasons. Um, you know, like a fall series every year or something. Could almost be on Netflix. <laughs> Could be. Well, I have 13. a Netflix pick. Pick. Uh, oh, okay. Coming okay. up too. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Good. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, so what exactly is the plot of Firefly for? Since I, so, I never don't know about Firefly, it. Firefly uh, takes place many, many years in the future, where humanity has left our solar system and gone to another solar system that's got dozens of planets and hundreds of moons that have been colonized. And there's a, a central government that uh, there was a rebellion against the central government by these sort of outlying uh, moons and planets um, that the main character uh, who's the, who's runs this like cargo ship that they kind of smuggle. They do legitimate jobs, but they also do smuggling. Um, but he fought in that and he's sort of this like disaffected. He's lost all hope and belief and everything because his side lost. The rebellion was put down. Um, so he runs this crew of, of misfits and there's uh, his, his right-hand woman uh, was a fellow soldier and her husband pilots the ship. And then Ron Glass plays a preacher that they pick up along the way who's sort of moral guidance and they have a, a prostitute. But it's it's all kind of Western. It's, it's set on a spaceship and it's very sci-fi, but it's oh. stylistically Western. You know, they all wear six shooters and and you know dusters and um and it's you know they, they get in gunfights and they're they're hauling cattle and stuff it's it's really hmm. cool show interesting yeah and then there's the sort of the big mystery of the show that was resolved in the movie is uh they pick up these characters in the first episode where it's it's a guy who's a doctor and his sister who he's calling in a box in like hibernation and she wakes up but she's crazy and they don't know what happened when it turns out that the government had experimented on her and she's got psychic abilities. Um, and so the government's sort of after them. And so this, the rest of the crew is sort of brought into having to protect them. Um, so it's got kind of a mystery aspect. And then there's kind of zombies in it. And it's really sort of genre mishmash of shows. Oh, okay. Interesting. Sorry, I just realized that the stupid uh, Google Hangout wasn't switching off, so I, I apologize. It looks like it was just on me the entire time. I'm sorry. That's um, uh, I, I was seeing you guys move. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry about that. I'll try to, I don't know why it, it started doing that. It happened on Saturday, too. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's interesting. Would you do 2D or CG for... I think yeah. you'd have to do 2D. It would fit with the Western sort of old style of stuff better. Mm. Um, we did have a comment uh, on that in the chat room. It says, because one of those deaths, I've actually not wanted any more Firefly because they killed my favorite character, LOL. So I do like his in-between idea. Nice. And I so. think there's not enough. It's, it's like, from what I understand, it's like a year uh, between the end of the series and the movie. So you'd have a little time to play with there in between, but I think you'd have to do stuff before and after the movie. At some point, the series would have to progress past the movie. Mm. Mm. Especially cool. since, like, the big mystery of why is this girl crazy and why is the government after her has already been yeah, solved. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, nice. All right, Mark, what's your uh, second idea? 
How many people do we have in the chat room, by the way? Uh, we've got uh, two people. Nice. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> Just checking. Okay. Um, oh, my turn now. Yes. So my second pitch is uh, is probably the least of the least um, my least of these. I have six pitches here. The least of my six pitches, and it's a TV show also, and it would be a television series based on the books by Lewis Carroll, Alice's Adventure in Wonderland, and Through the Looking Glass. I think Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass have been made into films so many times, and you know, there's the versions people love, like the animated Disney version, and there's the ones that people either love or you hate, like Tim Burton's version. And I think when you put it into a film, uh, there's so much stuff that happens in these books, so many different episodes that happen in the books, that you have to cut out stuff. And when that happens, you sometimes get a very uneven film. So if you have a television series about this, you can spend half an hour, you know, on, you know, every single episode. One episode would be about her, the Cheshire Cat. One about her, the Queen of Hearts. One about her and the, I know, the Mock Turtle. Or, and there's just so much that could, I think it lasts a good, like, one or two seasons. It could be, I am looking at it more like, a, more aimed towards young children type, uh, type of a show. And, you know, preferably 2D animation. It could with some 3D elements, maybe you could have like in the background and stuff, but preferably 2D. And I think it would just be good because I, to my knowledge, I don't know if any, if there's ever been an Alice in Wonderland television show animated, or at least any that are particularly popular. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. So that's just something I think would be interesting. Do you, so would you have this on like Disney Junior or Disney XD or? This I wouldn't want to be with Disney. I'd, I'd want it because then you'd have to use maybe the the characters and the way the characters look from the Disney versions. So mm -hmm. I'd prefer it to be from some uh, either some third party uh, television uh, studios. Maybe I don't want to say Nickelodeon, but whatever is popular nowadays. I'm not sure whichever is the popular powerhouse okay. for giving cartoons out. So then yes, you can have like original looks on a new Cheshire Cat, a new Mad Hatter, a new Mock Turtle, and yeah, I think there's enough in, in information in all those two books to have at least like a good two seasons worth. <laughs> Could be kind of like maybe like over the garden wall a little bit. Yeah, something like that. Maybe uh, could be mini series ish. In mm -hmm. the books itself, I guess is you'd call it a mini series in book form. <laughs> uh, Matthew Arnhall in the chat room. He he says he wants the mock turtle. What's the and, mock turtle? Uh, the mock turtle. Yeah. The, character in in the book <laughs> he yeah. wants in the uh, 1933 version the mock turtle is played by carrie grant so was it really yeah that's that's I, I do, I, do either of y'all remember there was a, a live action alice in wonderland series on disney back in the 90s it was like adventures in wonderland or something like that i used to watch it all the time it was really good really hmm. interesting yeah it was it was very silly but it was that kind of 90s live action Disney show. I know the 90s they had a live action Winnie the Pooh. It was like Welcome to Pooh Corner or something. Yep. That's, I remember that one too. That was about that kind of funny. Interesting. Uh, do you worry that people are else in Wonderland kind of out after what Looking is, Glass? What do you say? Uh, do you worry that people are kind of OD'd on or are kind of over overdone with um, uh, Alice in Wonderland after uh, Looking Glass? Well, that's another reason why I want this show is to bring back a love for it after that movie came out. So maybe you'd wait, we'd wait like, you know, four or five years and then bring out this film. I mean, mm. this TV show. All right. Yeah. We have a, Matthew says, 
I remember the live action show exclamation yeah. point four times. But so I'm not he, the only one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have Disney Channel growing up. I didn't have cable growing up. Actually, I think they I think they reran reran it on ABC at some point. It's you know like Saturday morning style. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a very good idea. I love Alice in Wonderland. So. Yeah. When it's done the, right. The, the episodic nature of the books. Yeah. They're, they're little, almost little vignettes. So if she meets this character mm -hmm. or something, you know, it's not an overarching story. Yeah. That's so like, so that's it would exactly work really well for TV. TV series would work, yeah. Yeah. See if I can try to get it to switch around on its own. It's kind of stupid Google Hangout driving me crazy. Um, okay. Uh, Are you Oh, it's still making me do it personally, manually. Anyway, sorry, we'll do the best we can. Um, Maybe there's a settings option, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, the, uh, so we have our three ideas here. <laughs> Matthew says, Alice without the tart gate. Call the, you haven't seen Alice through the looking glass mark, I don't think, have you? No, not yet. Yeah, I haven't. That's, that's actually my next review on my live action blog, so I haven't seen it. Ooh. Don't. Just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, this there, is coming there's... from someone who loves the Tim Burton Alice. So yeah, yeah. Skip <laughs> yeah, it's there's Tart Gate. You'll understand <laughs> when you uh, when you see I, it. I'd never heard it called that before. <laughs> that's what we call it. That's the name of this episode right now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tartgate. Okay, so we have, this is interesting because we ended up with two uh, television shows that, uh, two t television shows facing off against each other. Mm -hmm. So we have Firefly, we have, uh, and we have Alice in Wonderland. And then we have my idea, the True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle, the DreamWorks film. Do any of you guys have any other questions about any of these? No, or you, uh, okay, no, I kind of no. did as we went. All <laughs> right, so, uh, so okay, so uh, let's ask, uh, I'll ask uh, in the chat room what, what, what would you pick? All right, so uh, Josh, which out of our two ideas would you pick? I like both of them, but I'm really intrigued by, by Rachel's uh, book adaptation. It's not a book I'm familiar with, but I, I love the idea. I love the, you know, the sort of feminist, strong female character aspect. I think that'd be great. Yay. All right, so Mark, which would you pick? Uh, well, I, I'm going to copy Josh's answer also, and I'm going with your your choice, too. I think that Yay. would make a great, uh, it, it's, especially since I didn't see Long Way North, but when I saw the trailer for Long Way North and I saw the animation style of that, I could kind of see that, you know, a book about a sailing voyage and pirates can actually look good. And DreamWorks, hopefully they, they'll, they won't, they won't make it too um, celebrity um, voice casted, but mm. I'll go with that. All right, woohoo! Okay, uh, <laughs> but I will still. So I've got two. It's interesting because I've got two different TV shows to pick from. I have to say I'm a little biased because I have not seen Firefly. Um, you you should watch it. It's I know, I know. Um, and Matthew says Alice. He's supposed for Alice. <laughs> I, right. I, I, 
I think that is where my. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> I think that's where my vote would be as well. I'd go for Alice. So, all right. <laughs> so it's Mark has do this every month. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Mark has a has a win. I have a win. It's very exciting. Josh, it's your turn next round. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, I mean, are you doing four? You said. Yes. Okay. okay. Which should be just about perfect timing. Yeah. Okay. So the next one. All right. I promised you a musical was coming and I, I, this is my musical. Uh, I think that Disney needs to do the Disney canon needs to do a traditional fairy tale. And there's not that many left that they haven't done, but I feel like the big one that they haven't done is Rumpelstiltskin. And it's a tough one. I feel like they have to make some big changes to it to make it work because their traditional story she like they they would have to they would either have to make changes or they would have to do something that let's see let's see okay uh they would have to do something that they have haven't ever done which would mean they would have because she's supposed to she he wants to take her baby her firstborn and they've never had a princess who wasn't basically like a virginal unmarried woman and so that would be a big difference and a big risk that they would do and so they could go that way or they could make it some other kind of thing that she promises him like just her most prized possession like maybe a family member or something i don't know i've been racking my brain trying to figure out how to solve that problem because the, the brother-in-law that nobody likes he could have that. <laughs> uh yeah Oh, good. I think it's working. Yay. Okay, good. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah, I, uh, I think that, uh, that the other problem that you would have is that the traditional story of Rumpelstiltskin, she marries the king who wants to kill her if she doesn't make the, the gold. But I think that you could maybe make her kind of sort of maybe realize that he was lame or something like that and make there another male character that she then ends up kind of being the real love interest. And mm -hmm. she kind of throws that guy to the wayside by the end. So it would still be kind of empowering. And, and so I, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> kind of my, those are the challenges I admit going into this idea, <laughs> but I think that the character is very, is the lead character on once upon a time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I think that he's popular, a popular character. You even have him do the voice act, uh, voice acting, and uh, you could have you could just sort of tone it down and maybe not make it quite as strong as the traditional fairy tale, uh, and, and make it work. Or you could just sort of embrace the darkness of it all and and you know just kind of have fun with it. Uh, and I think that the uh, the interesting choice you could make is have Peter Jackson direct it Ooh. because Peter Jackson has experience obviously with characters kind of like Rumpelstiltskin, you know, he's directed hobbits and golems and stuff like that. And he's also done an animated film that was very good in Tintin mm -hmm. and he hasn't done anything for a while. And so since the Hobbit movies, and so it seems like a perfect kind of a thing and you could have music 
uh, with you'd have multiple you'd have like a clear villain you'd have a a, a a you'd have a king that could do a really good villain song uh you'd have rumble still that could do a villain song you'd have the princess uh that uh, when she's trying to make gold would make a really good song and you could have uh you could have um oh my gosh my brain alan Menken and stephen schwartz because they've done something successfully before uh, that was a yes. little bit darker and a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think it could work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I would okay. worry that, uh, yeah. we're, uh, that with Rumpelstiltskin on Once Upon a Time and Rumpelstiltskin was in a Shrek movie, one of the Shrek mm -hmm. movies in recent memory, uh, that Shrek. people may be like you, like you brought up with Alice, people may be a little worn out of Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, because we do have a, a comment um, from Noki Buffer who says, it's interesting, I don't know the story of Rumpelstiltskin, and I think the main reason for that is that Disney has, hasn't made a movie about it. Interesting. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential for it, but I would worry that people would go, oh, we've, I've been watching Rumpelstiltskin on TV for the last five years. But so you, you see, actually, Disney did announce they were making a Rumpelstiltskin movie. They announced this like four or five years ago. It was a live-action movie, and it was called The Name Game. But they didn't tell us anything else about that, and I've not heard any other news about it since. So I don't know if that's still being planned or whatnot. They're still probably dealing with some of these some of these uh, problems <laughs> <laughs> that make it hard. But I just feel like what else is left? I, I, I thought you could do like the dancing princesses or princess in the pea or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like Anderson fairy tales and read it again. <laughs> What's the one with the um the the fiddler who plays and, and charms all the kids? Uh, the, uh, the Pied Piper? Pied Piper. I thought of that, but I'm like, oh I just I don't know. So it just seemed like that's the biggest fairy tale that they haven't done is Rumpelstiltskin. And so if you could you could get some talented writers, maybe some of the people who worked on, uh, you know, Tangled and Frozen and whatever, and get them to, to kind of work on some of these concerns. I, I think it could be really good. Yeah, I think it could be good too. But yeah, like Josh said, maybe if Once Upon a Time wasn't around, especially then, I think it would, that would have been the perfect time to bring it up. That's interesting because I was thinking that would be its biggest plus is that oh, you've got this already sort of people that are interested in the character and that. But you'd see that as a downside. Oh, oh, I mean, it could work that way, too. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, All right. Also, All right. Uh, I think you said Peter Jackson, he didn't work on the Tintin movie. It was um, Steven Spielberg who directed that. Didn't they co-direct Peter Jackson, it? Produ he produced it. He, produced he was going to direct the sequel. Yeah, he's going to do the sequel, I know, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I was thinking they co-directed <laughs> it, but okay. No, they were supposed to co-direct the third one, but they never even did the second one. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, let's see. Matthew Arnold says, I actually always thought Disney should do a Hansel and Gretel for some reason yeah. uh, of the remaining fairy tales, but Rumpy would be cool. So I know they, yeah. have, they have silly symphonies of Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel mm -hmm. is such a simple story, though. There's really not, I mean, it's just they kind of they leave the tracks and they get lost and they, <laughs> you know, there's not a, a ton of meat there, I feel like. Yeah. For, yeah, it's good for one episode. With, with parents yeah. and stuff like that. For like a two-hour movie, it just feels, or seventy, even seventy, eighty minutes, it feels like it's a little light. Yeah. Would be my worry with Hansel and Gretel, but could be done, I guess. Uh, all right, uh, so that's that's my uh, third idea. So, Josh, what's your next idea? All right. Well, 
my my next one is is a Netflix pitch, and nice. uh, we all know that eventually the Harry Potter movies are going to be remade, but be, just because there's money in it, and somewhere down the line somebody will do it. What I would like to see instead is a 100% faithful adaptation, animated adaptation on Netflix. Uh, I've been I've, I'm always reading the books, and I was just listening to the finale of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban this past week and when you there's so much that gets cut out of these books to make them into movies because it's it's got to be otherwise they'd be yeah. 20 hours long but you you especially when you get to the finales of the books they have these uh jk rowling writes these long conversations between characters where the themes of the book really get ex explored and all of that's missing from the movies but i've sort of I mean, I, I love the movies and I think they're great, but they all have a lot of flaws and they cut out things. Nobody, everybody's got something that was cut out that they hate that was cut out. Um, so I'd like to see, you know, like every episode with Netflix, you can do varying season lengths, you can do varying ep episode lengths. So you could do like one episode per chapter of every book and, and you know, straight, just take the dialogue and take the description of the action and, and adapt it to animation. And you can get, you know, a, a cast and just keep the whole cast for the, the entire thing. So you um, wouldn't you wouldn't have it be any news stories. It would all be Nope. Straight okay. from the books. Yep. And that way people it would it's more from my idea an experiment to see people the people who complain that, oh I can't believe they cut this out, I can't believe they cut this out. Would they actually sit and watch and enjoy a 100% faithful adaptation with every subplot and every conversation? And like in Prisoner of Azkaban, when they're all in the Shrieking Shack, that goes on for like four chapters of dialogue and explanation of how Sirius escaped from prison and all the backstory that people, oh, it got cut out. Would people sit through that, sit through four episodes of the TV series where there's, there's characters in a room talking? I wouldn't sit through it, but I know I, that many I would. <laughs> I mean, and I love listening to it on the audiobook. And yeah. I, I like the Jim Dale versions. He really brings the characters to life. And it's it's interesting and integral to the characters as they were written in the books. Yeah, but I'd like true. to sort of like force people's hand and say, okay, well, you wanted, you wanted everything included. Here's everything. <laughs> See if people watch it. Yeah, I, it would be a huge hit. There's no doubt about it. I think it would be. Would you want the original cast? I mean, no, obviously you can't I, have I, Snape I, back, but I, I think you could you could bring some of them maybe, but I would I would steer clear of like Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, but like Maggie Smith would be nobody else could do McGonagall, but Maggie Smith. You bring Robbie Coltrane back. You bring some of the the teachers, but start with new and, and especially for for the kids, bring in like you know experienced voice actors. I think would be a good way to go. Mm. Man, if one of my uh, followers was was watching this, she would she would go completely ballistic about this idea. You would love it. Uh, so, because she's uh, she's huge Potter Potter fan. Um, so, yeah, it's and definitely I, it would be very popular. Would you do two D or CG? I think two D. Um, and and it especially like the the big benefits of it would be characters like Jenny Weasley, who just got totally got screwed in the movies, like. Yeah, you know, that is just, so true. Just totally abandoned by the movie. And, and to a certain extent, understandably, because there's only so much running time. But uh, but that actress was flat, I, I think. I, I didn't think she was very good. Um, I think she's good. She's really good in uh, The Philosophers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, Matthew Arnold says, I will be honest, something like more Dobby would be cool, but there's other stuff I really don't miss. So there you go. Be interesting. Yeah, I, get out of I think I'm the only one in here or in the world who hasn't ever read or seen Harry Potter things. So definitely <laughs> read them before you see them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're way better books than the I mean, movies aren't terrible, but they, yeah, the books are way better. When did the first movie come out? Two thousand one. Yep, something like that. So, so this this planned um, TV series you have or, or uh, Netflix series is going to be so it'll be in time for the fifteenth anniversary of the movies. Yeah, or you know, fifteenth or twentieth or yeah. You know. So you would have eight. You would have seven seasons. Yep, seven seasons. And then you could even go on and adapt to, like, The Cursed Child if you really wanted to. But, um, you know, that would probably be the only way you could do Cursed Child. Exactly. Is to do it animated. And that's an interesting idea because how else do you have them going? Because there's time travel in Cursed Child. And so how do you have them going back to their younger selves? It would make no sense. Exactly. Because actors are old. Yep. So, sure. interesting. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, so, Mark, what's your third idea? Oh, my turn, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was looking at my list and seeing I have I have extras. So I want to see which one I want to stay. So uh, my third one, I guess I'm going to go with uh, an easy cop-out answer, and it'll be a Pixar film, something they've already they've talked about before, but I'm going to bring it up again, Monsters, Inc. 2. I know we've had Monsters University. We've had our characters back as a prequel to Monsters, Inc., but I, like, I honestly would like to see a sequel with the character uh, Mary Boo and see how that plays out. I'm imagining her, she's an adult now, and she has her own kid, a kid of her own. And, you know, this is, and they're at the age, the young age where all the parents tell their kids, you know, th there's nothing to be scared of. There's no monsters in your closet. You don't have to worry. But she's the only one in the society telling her kids, no, there actually are monsters and they are real and, you know, they're, they're funny. And then it, it, it kind of shows how, how she doesn't get, a, how that way of uh, training her kid is like looked down upon by the rest of society and to kind of push a push um, an, a moral of maybe of having a belief that's probably not the popular belief compared mm. to the rest of the society. And then you could have her somehow she get back to the monster world and see how things have changed and maybe, you know, her relationship with Sully will revive itself and, and maybe they'll stop another bad guy again from taking the screams again or something. <laughs> But that was my um, plan about that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you would have the same cast and everybody return and. Yeah, if there's still can, yeah. <laughs> would you be concerned uh, that the Watchers University got kind of luke more lukewarm reception? Uh, I don't think that would concern me because I feel, I, I feel if you do this sequel right, you can get it better a better story than Monster University gave, so I wouldn't worry about the lukewarm reception of that. Uh, and how how old would you have Boo being in the sequel? Well, I wanted a young mother, so I don't know, maybe in her twenties or something like that. Yeah, so I, I, I think that would be really good. Who, a kid of her own who's who was as old as she was, at least in in Monster's Inc. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, twenties, I guess, is a good range there. Would it be kind of like Hook, maybe a little bit, sort of, in a way, mm -hmm. kind of? Oh, like how, um, with the, you know, an with older, the yeah. yeah, an older one kind of going back to, uh, I don't know, I, I mean, 
it could. Uh, I, I wonder if, I don't know if Sully and Mike will, will get kids of their own at the, by then, but I don't know. You know, I would be so curious to see how, like, how everything worked now that they're offering off of jokes and how, like, yeah. monsters, how the training went and how, like, <laughs> you know, how you train people to be funny. And I, I would be so curious on that level, too, to see what it's like. <laughs> I want to so. see, like, focus test groups of monsters, like, testing out jokes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. That yeah. would be really fun, I think. Uh, they go to, like, sleepovers and go, I got some new material I want to try out and and we get caricatures of different famous comedians over the years. They can be yeah. different monsters. <laughs> oh, that would, so, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, I mean, you need to think it out a little bit more, but I mean, it's just a fledgling idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, it's hard to argue against Pixar, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, would you be concerned at all that people are like, oh, all they're doing is sequels? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think if the, if a sequel is good from Pixar, from anyone, people will accept it. I think the complaint is when people when make sequels that generally are not that's are not yeah. quote unquote good by the by by people. That's like, true. Story, get... Like Toy Story Four, I'll admit I'm not I'm I don't hate it, but I'm not excited about it. But if it turns yeah. out to be an amazing masterpiece, I'll gladly say I'm. It's an amazing masterpiece. I won't feel too proud to say that. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Finding Dory's gone a long way, probably to helping people get over the sequel problem. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, it made this the biggest moneymaker of the year. Yeah, One of the biggest. Talk, we're not talking about like Ice Age sequels. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just Ice Age. None of us are pitching Ice Age Six. I see. <laughs> that's my next pitch. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so. Okay, so uh, Josh, what would be your so you have the uh, you have Rumpelstiltskin, and you have Monsters Inc. Two. Which one would you pick? There's a lot of potential in both of them. I really like the idea of Monsters Inc. Two, especially if there was an opportunity for you know like Boo got caught in their world in Monsters Inc. One. I'd love to see. Mike and Sully get caught in the human world more so than they did at the end of Monsters U and have Boo or, you know, adult Mary having to rescue them. So I, I like, I like Mark's idea. All right. Uh, Mark, um, what about you? Between the Harry Potter uh, Netflix series and your Rumpelstiltskin, I guess, I guess I'll go Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, it's Disney canon, it's a musical. And like you said, we need to work the story ideas. We have there are some challenges to be met, but once we can overcome them, I think we can get a pretty good. I think Rumpelstiltskin could have a pretty good, cool villain song. I mean, I'm I'm not imagining it to be something like Hellfire, but I'm imagining it more like a little bit sinister version of Mother Knows Best, something along. Yeah. Like that. Hmm, yeah. Something about his name, you know, like I mm -hmm. I've got a name, you know, or something like. Yeah. I just want to see the lyricists um, make a rhyme for Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> The same, the same nature of the name and everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, so our uh, our our uh, Matthew Arnold he votes. He says, I find Monsters Inc. Two the most appealing. I want to see more of Mike. It's Mike's relationship with Celia actually. Googly, uh, she says hashtag googly bear and schmoozy poo for life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So 
you know, it's it's tough because if I was just going on my own personal taste, then definitely I would vote Monsters 2. If I was going on what I think it would be the best one for the studio, if mm-hmm. I was if I was if we're doing this like a pitch session, if I'm in the studio, then I would say Harry Potter is a no-brainer. Uh, and so I mean, I, I do think that they need a Harry Potter animated uh, television show. I don't know if I feel it needs to be quite as in-depth as you suggest, uh, Josh, but I get what you're saying to kind of call their bluff. But well, you could only do it on Netflix. You couldn't do something that in-depth on Yeah, it, it sounds like the most TV. boring thing in the whole world to me. But, I, I, you know, I'm not a hardcore Harry Potter There'd fan. There'd be endless sure. episodes of them camping out in the oh forest. It'd be gosh. great. It would be so bad. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> There's this article recently about, I don't know if it's Norway or Finland, they were protesting that I think the the concept of long, long, um, you know, like user, when you, when you install software, then you have to accept the terms of the agreement, and they're so long, so they did this thing where they just read for 24 hours straight all the mm. lines of different uh, uh, user term agreements. So you can probably do something like that for Harry Potter. Just have someone act the film and continuously every single dialogue. Until it looks like that. Oh my gosh! Uh, it'd be like yeah, it'd be like a cruel trick. Like you, you complained about the movies. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll separate the wheat from the chat. The real fans watch. Yeah. Them. I would definitely be separated. That's for sure. Um, so I think I got to go with what I, I, what I personally would pick. I'm going to go with Monsters 2. So, yeah. Okay. So th- this is good. So we have our next Next, uh, my next, my last pitch is for a Anna Green Gables animated mm. film. Uh, and I think that I debated about which studio could do the animated, do this one. And this is a bit of a reach, I admit. But I, I think the movie Epic is actually way underrated. I, I really liked it a lot. I did too. Yeah, thank you. I All right. More than I thought I would <laughs> Yeah, it's not perfect. I get it. The humor doesn't quite work. But I thought that they did a good job of portraying this young girl, sort of curious girl. And so just off of that, I'm going to throw Blue Sky a bone and say, I think Blue Sky should do Anna Green Gables. And the thing about Anna Green Gables is that it is actually insanely popular all over the world. Like, probably more, it's more popular in Japan than it is even here. Like, they have all kinds of tours to Prince Edward Island in Japan. They have all kinds of, like, Studio Ghibli did a series of, of Anna Green Gables. Uh, mm-hmm. It's extremely popular in Japan. I, I don't know about China, but or other parts of Asia, but it's it would be very worldwide, it would have worldwide appeal. Uh, and so that is something, it, and obviously she is a she would be very popular with girls, but I think you could add, I mean, you certainly have Gilbert and you have other characters that could be bringing some, the boys. And she's such a uh, interesting character and she's somebody who is a kind of a wounded, hurt character. And so I think that you could write it in a way that wouldn't be uh, just for kids. I think mm-hmm. you could write it that it would be appealing to the adults as well. And 
I think that there are like nine sequels. And so you have a franchise potential, which would be very appealing to Blue Sky, especially, who are, you know, these franchise. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> and like all the, the, the only hard part about the franchise, I guess, is that she's an adult in the rest of them. But, uh, but okay. yeah. But anyway, uh, you you could you could do it, and I think that it would be funny, and it could be because uh, there's really funny stories, like when she walks on top of the, uh, she she walks on top of this um, steeple on a bet, and she gets she gets, uh, and there's the story where she dyes her hair green, like that would be funny. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, but then there's also like sad parts um, that, uh, and there's just it's just a nice sort of imagination a world of imagination that you could i think you could do some interesting artistic things with uh for Anne, and uh oh we got a comment that says uh see matthew says uh matthew Arnold says there says you mentioned the anime and he says hey blue sky did peanuts justice which is very true Mm -hmm. And also, he says, "Oops, you brought up the anime. That that comment is now blah blah." So he's, and then we had uh, Finn sixty eight says, "As I've said before, I trust Blue Sky more than Illumination," which I definitely yeah. agree. And don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? No, I, I, I think I like Illumination much more than Blue Sky. I trust yeah. them better. I, I feel like I feel like personally, I think that that. Uh, Blue Sky has made three pretty good films. Epic, I think uh, they made a good movie. Well, four, because I like Rio. I like yeah, Rio. I like too. Epic. I like Ice Age, and I like the Peanuts movie a lot. Yeah. Now, Illumination. I'm not that big a fan of the Despicable Me movies, but I'll say they made two okay movies. Uh, they made two fine movies. What? What I else? Guess, I guess, uh... I guess I was looking more into the number of films I like really hated for them. Like Illumination, <laughs> was none of the films. I don't hate any of the films. Oh, there, I hate many. Oh. And but Lorax. Blue, but Blue. Oh, okay. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Maybe that one. But Blue Sky. I mean, when you have like five Ice Ages, that brings up the number a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's true. <laughs> the hate ratio is is uh, it would be interesting. <laughs> So uh, anyway, but that's what I decided because I just think I don't think I don't think that you could. I really debated because I just don't see DreamWorks taking on this kind of project. I don't see Disney taking on this kind of project uh, unless you could kind of go like a Lilo and Stitch kind of route to it. Uh, it's just not big enough for them, and I I don't know. So it just seemed like the only other choice <laughs> I had to go with Blue Sky. <laughs> I've never, um, I never read the books or seen any of the TV shows or anything. But would you say Anne of Green Gables is similar in both tone and plot to stuff like Pollyanna and Little House in the Prairie? Yes, I think okay. that's a good comparison. Definitely, yeah. Okay, that, that's especially Pollyanna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because Illumination, that would they would be totally wrong for Anne of Green Gables, I think. Yes. So. There's just no one left. You have to go unless you go indie. I thought about going indie, but then it's a harder pitch. Maybe uh, uh, what's the the studio that did Kubo? Leica. Yeah, a Leica version of Anna Green Gables. Stop motion. Stop motion. Why not? Hey, I could I I could picture that. I I what was it? I did think of um that I was thinking. Oh, that would be great with Leica. 
if it was a Wizard of Oz story or so, I can't remember now. It'll it'll come to me. But yeah, so that's the one I ended up going with. I I think I, I yeah, you could have someone like a Tom Moore who did Song of the Sea, and he would do amazing, amazing job with Anna Green Gables. But he kind of stays in Ireland. So yes. Anyway, so that's my idea. Uh, so what's your uh, I your last idea, uh, Mark? Oh me, well. I have three of them, so I'm going to go with my favorite of the of the three. I'm I've always been interested in that almost all animated films, well, the vast majority of them have been based on our fiction, and there've been very few based on live action events and stuff. So I've been thinking about an animated movie I like to be made based on a live action event, and this is an event that when it happened, I thought people would there would be a movie made about it, like very not long after. But so far, no one's made a movie about it yet. But it it if for those of you who don't, it's the um, it was a 2011 Ohio Exotic Animals release um, event. So I don't know if, if you guys remember that, but in 2011, there was a, a animal handler named Terry Thompson in Ohio, and he had like a, his own personal menagerie of wild animals in his backyard. He had lions and leopards and monkeys and wolves and tigers, like 50, 50 something or 60 something animals in his in his personal menagerie. And he was he was depressed. He had like debts and debts and um, PTSD, and his wife left him and stuff like that. So he wanted to commit suicide. So before he committed suicide, what he did is he let all those animals loose, and he let them go loose into the city of wherever he was in Ohio. And it was like a, it was a terrifying 24 hours for the citizens there and the police to to catch and get all those animals they had to kill a lot of them and some of them that were caught were sent to the zoos afterwards but i was thinking since we're doing an animation i think this would be an interesting uh non-kid friendly but like maybe like a pg-13 or r rate or pg-13 hopefully um like thriller type movie with motion capture and the animals could be something like how we see in um in the jungle book that disney did this year something like that and i yeah. yeah, I know this story really well because I have a fear of animals. Like, <laughs> okay. I have a bit of an animal phobia and uh, that I don't know, especially wild animals and stuff. And <laughs> the the 9-11 uh, calls, are, are you have to listen to them sometime. They are so, like, I would have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. like, people driving in their car and being like, on the freeway, there's a lion. Yeah. <laughs> and on the freeway, I think I would I would crash my car. Right. And yeah. I can't imagine just like driving along and being like, "Oh, there is a tiger," in the road. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. So <laughs> I, I you've got to listen to those nine one one calls. They are just something else. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember hearing one about a guy who was looking outside his window. He saw his t a tiger chasing his pet horse. And now I can just imagine seeing that that <laughs> about yeah, a tiger chasing his pet horse. But the reason, the reason, one of the reasons I want to do this is because generally animation gets a lot of the stick for being, you know, kitty stuff or, you know, happy endings and stuff like that. I think this film could be good because it'll be a thriller. It'll have you on your seat. It could be controversial because with the whole killing of the animals thing, so it could bring up a lot of discussion points afterwards. And it's not a particularly happy ending, quote unquote. So I think it would be a good thing to tackle. And I, I'm since I'm looking for some of the motion capture, I'm thinking maybe if Robert Zemeckis decided to get back into doing that, he could be in charge Ooh, of that. Interesting. Yeah. It would be really expensive. That's the only thing for a 
uh, for a PG-13 R-rated to do motion cap would be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just my opinion. Interesting. All right. I, I like well, it. It's, it's very creative. Interesting because the when you mentioned the story, which I remember, my yeah. first thought was Studio Ghibli. Hmm. Because they did The Wind Rises, which is based on a true story. Um, and to do true. something a little more... I don't want to say fantastical, but with their style of that story yeah. as an alternative. Yeah, yeah, that would be in I, huh? That would be interesting to Studio Ghibli yeah, to do it. All right, uh, Josh, what is your? Uh, that's a very creative idea. What's what's your idea, uh, Josh? <laughs> okay, Minions Two. Oh and my gosh! Adam Sandler is the voice sell of all the minions. This. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, minions too. I, I, I think minions too with Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were minions too. I don't know. My oh, no, favorite no. actor. How did you know? <laughs> oh, I knew. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so, so my favorite animated film of all time is Wall-E. Um, so I would love to see another Wall-E film, but not a sequel. I would like to see a prequel. So it oh, would interesting. And it would be. It would have to be a hybrid live action and animation, which Pixar has never done live action beyond the one little bit in uh, Wally. But you would start out probably, you'd start out with like a framing device and you'd have uh, like the captain sort of narrating, you know, this is how we got to this place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is this is how Earth used to be great and, and we all took care of it. And then, and it would show the story of how by and large came to control the planet and uh you know like the first half or the first third would be you know the, the rise of by and large and you'd have you could cast fred willard uh to come back as like the ceo um and then the the next third would be humanity how do we get to the point where we decide we're just going to send people into space um and then like like the third one third or the halfway point you bring wally in with all the other wallies um, and so then the second half for the, the last two thirds of the movie would be how does Wally, the, the Wally that we know, end up being the last surviving Wally? You know, at what point, and, and I've imagined sort of a, you know, like they had Otto uh, controlling behind the scenes the, the ship. Um, you'd have something like Otto on the planet controlling all the robots after humanity leaves. And at some point, he gets a directive that is, just give up. Don't bother trying to clean the planet anymore because uh, the humanity is not going to come back. Um, and, and at that point, all of the Wallys are sort of left on their own. And eventually, and, and you could give Wally like a companion or, you know, you could have a team of them. They could all be different colors. Or something. Um, and then and, and you watch as as all the other Wallys, it, it's it's it would be dark and it would be kind of a tragedy, but you watch as all the other Wallies die. And, and what keeps this one going? Why does he have hope in the face of an insurmountable task and an unwinnable game? Uh, you could have his introduction to Hello Dolly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you, and you get him sort of, you know, what, what makes him special? Why is he more interested and curious? And why does he, you know, why does he play with all the stuff around him when none of the other robots do? And, uh, and eventually, then the the last shot of the movie would be him would be Eve's shuttle coming down. 
and then that's you know when everything changed for hmm interesting i mean so, would it be too depressing though because uh, i mean the whole civilization kind of dying and but but you've got one robot who who hangs on who still has hope who keeps keeps going and keeps trying even though the odds are insurmountable and then we know in the end he saves the day so uh, huh. my question would be would uh would there be would this be like the first half of wally and virtually dialogue free or would it be no I, I would say the final third of this would be like the first third of wally okay. so you'd have you know at once at some point as as the last of the wallies are dying presumably they would communicate amongst themselves uh to a certain extent but yeah at some point it would just be him alone on the planet and he meets his little cockroach buddy and uh so yeah the final the final would, third would be di no dialogue and him just trying to hold on to his hope as best he can Oh man, I totally watched that. Uh, yeah, it's gonna. That would be a tough sell oh, to, to market, but man, I'd love it. I have to. I have to read this um, from uh, uh, Finn sixty eight. First of all, he says, "As much as I wouldn't want it that to happen, I expect minions to to happen. Money must be made." And I yeah. said, "I'm counting on it just to persecute me." <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all gonna be punished by that one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he also says, I have a very bizarre idea. Since DreamWorks is owned by Universal now, what if we got a Shrek Despicable Me crossover? Oh, gosh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting pitch there, thrown in there. <laughs> I, I, I think that would actually be kind of fun. I would just be curious to see how it worked out. I'd go see it just because I'd want to know how it turned out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, because how they would get Gru and the minions to the swamp. And I don't know what what timeline. I mean, I you assume that Shrek is old, but I guess it wouldn't have to be. Or you, I mean, or you bring Shrek, it. you bring Shrek to the Despicable Me world with magic or something. Yeah, I mean, they're real. T I guess, I guess the minions live for like forever, basically. So <laughs> they're indestructible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they would do. Maybe yeah. that's what they were doing when they're in that cave all those years. <laughs> they went in that Shrek. <laughs> I mean, we had we had Flintstone and Jetsons meet each other, so why not? I guess this isn't that far. From... <laughs> <laughs> Did we really? That's really funny. yeah. Oh yeah, my that, gosh, that was a movie or a show. Yeah, it'd be like uh, the Star Trek Generations. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. Those are really really good idea. You guys both went pretty dark on your pitches. I'm feeling good about my Anna Green Gables. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Uh, so, Josh, what would be your pick, Angry Gables or the wildlife adult film? I, I really like both of them, but, I, you know, I got to go with Anna Green Gables. It's such a great series and great stories, and I think it would be perfect. I don't know. I'm not sold on Blue Sky, but, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I like to Epic, so give them a shot. All right, all right. Uh, so, Mark, what about you? Angry Gables or Wally uh, uh, prequel? I'm gonna agree with Josh and say Anna Green Gables as well. I think that that could make a good film. The Wally prequel, Wally is not a very. It's one of those films I don't like as much as everyone else does. So a, a prequel to it is not something I would be too interested in seeing, especially getting up to the beginning of the movie, but. I think Adam Green Gables is something I would go see. <laughs> All right. So, and then, 
Uh, I'll just pick. Just uh, I would pick the Wally prequel just because I love Wally. Uh, so, all right. So we have our winners. We've got Mo- uh, Moby Dick. Oh yeah, I forgot it. <laughs> uh, Moby Dick, uh, a-, a musical. We have the True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle pirate <laughs> music uh, movie, pirate, pirate movie, and uh, we have. Let's see, and then we have the uh, Monsters uh, Incorporated oh, yeah, too, and then uh, the Anna Green Gables. I think those are four really good ideas. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I agree. Too. I would totally watch all of those movies. Yeah, and, I think they're kind of frozen. Like, oh, never mind, Beth. Never mind. Oh, did you get it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of spastic now. It was only on one person. Now it's like flying all over the place. But anyway, but I, I think those are, are really solid ideas. I really do. And uh, so, all right. So um, how do we do this? Because so we can't do for, I guess, out of those four ideas, I guess just we'll just do vote for one. Um, I guess... Don't just don't just vote for yourself just because it's your idea. Um, so so let me. You, think. you can, but like actually, maybe give a reason why you pick what you pick. Um, right. So out of these four choices, I think I would go with the True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle, the pirate movie. I think DreamWorks, that would be really fun. I think it'd be really marketable. And I I think it would just get them away from doing these horrible comedies, which is like, would be, if I could do anything, I think I'd wish that if I had a genie wish, I'd be like, please, <laughs> no more DreamWorks comedies. Like, you wish for world peace, you wish for yeah. something else, and then no more DreamWorks comedies. But if there were no more DreamWorks comedies, we would have world peace. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The election will be over if we're all too much drama. That's all you got to run on. I'd vote for any candidate if that was part of it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Josh, which one would you pick? You're the most objective because uh, they're none of them are your ideas. <laughs> I even though your that, ideas were great. Yeah, I think they're all, all great. Uh, I would probably go with Moby Dick. I think I see a lot of potential for that as a musical and as an animated film, but it's a tough call. It's Moby Dick by a nose. Um, oh, I do have to say, uh, let's see. So real quick, Matthew Arnold said uh, of our last round, he said, I'm not sure I actually prefer Wally as a standalone and I'm not super into Anna Green Gables, but my mom would probably like it. The animal things sounds like I need a trailer to be sold. And then, uh, so, but then he says, maybe the animal one. So, uh, so he, so you got to vote there, uh, Mark, for your idea. Maybe yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so he says, out of these four, he would go with Monsters Incorporated too. I didn't know that Matthew was so, such a big <laughs> Monsters Incorporated fan. Um, okay. Uh, sorry. So, uh, so you go with Moby Dick. I go with Charlotte Doyle. What would you pick, uh, Mark? Well, I feel bad voting for myself, but I honestly do think the best of these, the most potential, at least, of these four choices is the Moby Dick one. I think you can get a musical from it. You can get great animation with the, with Disney animation, doing the water, doing the night scenes. I still see that Hellfire-type song in my head mm-hmm. playing, and I think that's the biggest 
you know, changing Ishmael to a female character if we want is something that could work. Right? I just think there's everything is going for that moment of one. All right. I, 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 I think it's a great idea, so I have no problem with that. Uh, so uh, so Moby Dick is the winner. All right. Ta-da! Congrats. <laughs> nice. Good job. <laughs> so anyway, thanks so much for doing this. This was really fun. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Fun. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for my, having us. My backup idea, yeah, just so you know, was a strawberry shortcake movie. <laughs> so that was my like backup. That would be my, my two backups were one was um, a remake, an animated remake of The Phantom Tollbooth. If you guys uh, remember that book, it was uh, it's something like Alice in Adventure Wonderland, but it's a lot more logical and mathematical. And they made an animated version in the 70s, so I wanted to remake They planned a remake of it, but I never heard anything back about it. But that was one of my choices. And that'd be good. Uh, my, other, my other choice was, it wasn't a, a plot per se, but an idea. It was a technological advancement. Maybe make an entire animated feature film that would debut on something like Snapchat or something like the first fully animated movie on Snapchat or on on uh, on the virtual reality vibe or um, something technological like that. So more of a more of a technological checkmark than a than a platform. Hey, <laughs> that would be really interesting. I I think uh, that could be really good. All right. Well. Oh, Josh, uh, do you have any extras? Uh, not really. Uh, I would love to see one of my favorite movies is Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World. Uh, it's got Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. It's based on a series of twenty-one books. They're all nautical sort of adventures set in the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, and they made one movie, and it was a big hit. It was nominated for Best Picture, but it's really expensive, and Russell Crowe is really expensive. Uh, so they have it. It was like perfect for a sequel because there's twenty-one books and. Uh, they never made any more. So I'd love to see that maybe as an animated series. Yeah. I, th- I think Strawberry Shortcake, I said, is because uh, they are so cute. I mean, they are definitely, and I think they have the nostalgia factor yeah. in for adults. And then they also have the appeal for, of course, for little girls. And uh, you have the natural product tie-ins, toy tie-ins, of course. And I think if My Little Pony does really well, then mm-hmm. you could see it. And I, I even threw Sony a bone that uh, they seem like the obvious choice yep. that you'd have, they would do it. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, so uh, where can people uh, find you for uh, Josh? Uh, the net is my blog. You can find me on Twitter at lovepirate77 or on Tumblr uh, or even on Instagram, but I don't post on Instagram. But uh, yeah, check me out. Awesome. And Mark? And uh, you guys can find me on either the Animation Accommodation blog, which is markb4.wordpress.com, or my Live Action Disney Project blog, which is my Live Action Disney Project.wordpress.com. Or you can check me out on Twitter on at the underscore anim underscore com, which is a lot harder to say than spell, but you'll see it there. <laughs> Well, and I have links for all of those in the description section. And thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat room. Really appreciate it. And uh, you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at 54 Disney Reviews on my blog. And, I, and of course, here on, on the YouTube channel. So thanks so much. And uh, thanks for having us. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, everybody go vote. Yes. Go vote. I, I did that yeah. already. Yeah, I already voted, but but yeah, if you're listening out there, go vote, and uh, and then we will all survive the next four years together. <laughs>
So, all right, sounds good. And we will have to do this again soon. It was really fun. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, it was. all right.